welcome to the Raw Relationships Podcast. We strive to keep relationships real and wonderful. Melissa brings you insight from her own experiences, along with interviews with the top experts on all things relationship, relationships with others, as well as the relationship we have with ourselves. Hey everyone, and welcome to the podcast. As promised, I am bringing you episode number two of 8% for me, uh, the true, uh, true story of motherhood. And today I'm talking with Ivory Naomi. Um, she is also a mother of two. Um, she's got a two-year-old and a five-year-old, and she is a professional life coach and uh, she has also created and hosts a podcast of her own, um, and that is the ER Emotional Response Podcast. She conducts co- counseling sessions weekly and public speaks on interpersonal communication plus relationship building. So she's busy, busy mom, um, and I just kind of wanted to get her take on. Uh, working outside of the house and all these sorts of of things that mothers kind of have to deal with along with raising kids so without further ado let's let's bring her in and let's listen to what what she had to say Uh, talking about bittersweet um, definitely it's like that and I know um, for myself like I have the two little ones and I have two older ones so I kind of know how fast they grow up <laughs> it's like before yeah. you blink it's gone and over so uh for me it's, it's definitely bittersweet in that I know it won't last forever thank goodness <laughs> true, that's just, true. yeah you just gotta kind of take the good days with the bad because there's a bit of each right it's true. I mean, and I think the ratios change. Do you have any children of your own, Ivory? Yes, I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old. Oh, so you totally know where I'm at then. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I said I said that beyond theoretically. I, said, I definitely said that experientially. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. And are you also, do you work from home and stay at home with them full-time? I don't. I don't. Um, that would be the goal, but I'm a um, professional life coach, so I have counseling sessions and I'm traveling, so I don't. Right. Okay. Okay. So, but you still, you're home. Like, if you're not working, you're home with your kids then. When I get a chance to. Um, when I get a chance to, hopefully in the near future, um, some things will weigh on my favor a lot more, you know, and then I could be home a lot more. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that you probably mean financially, I would I would assume. Definitely, definitely yeah. financially, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know it's funny, you know, it's kind of like we have to sacrifice, right, one thing for the other. And I was talking with a friend of mine about this very thing, and I was like, you know, you know, like we have kids so that we can raise them and grow them into good human beings, most of us. And it's hard because you have to make money to, to live in this this world that is not cheap to live in um, if you want to have what you want to have, right? Um, so you have to kind of, you have to sacrifice a little bit whether you're going to 
have the things you want or, you know, and if some of us are lucky enough, like myself, I work from home. Um, so I don't make a million dollars, but I make enough to pay my bills. <laughs> awesome. And, and that's awesome. Yeah. And then my husband, you know, makes enough to pay the other half of the bills. So, you know, if I was a single mom, I couldn't do it. I couldn't work from home. I would have to go out and I'd have to work and I'd have to kind of, you know, give up and sacrifice for my kids um, a lifestyle. And I, I just feel like it's it's a huge pressure, you know, especially being a mom already is a huge pressure. But then you add that financial pressure in there as well kind of makes it difficult, I imagine. No, I mean it definitely helps. Um, it definitely uh, weighs in just even on a general spectrum. Um, the working woman, she has a lot more pressures to deal with, you know, because she's putting mm-hmm. in the hours at work. And she comes home and she's preparing dinner, and then she's going through homework, and then she's also reading the bedtime story, making a bath water, and tucking them in. You know yeah. the, the 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 ones the ones that are in the workforce that are also full time moms. Now, there I, I have came across some women that are full time in their job, and what they do is on a part time basis hire nannies to do all the other things that I just listed. And mm-hmm. um, if they win on the energy level, but they lose on the relationship level. And what That's you're right. finding is a lot of kids do not know their parents, and mm-hmm. their parents are equating love by what they could provide for them. So, okay, yeah. an Xbox, a, a MacBook, an iPod, like the latest mm-hmm. $200 sneakers. Oh, the kid is def- definitely has that sneaker or that or that iPod, but. But at the same time, they don't know their mother or father. They know dad yeah. when he dresses up and, and goes to work, and they know mom when she puts on her skirt and she says, bye, bye, kids, I'll see you later, you know. So yeah. it's, it's, it's hard in 2018, I will say. It is. It's, it's a lot different. Like, I know for me, I'm kind of, I'm really of the old mind school or the old mindset of, you know, the woman should stay home and raise the children and the man should go home and make all the money, go out and make all the money. Um, Just for that reason, for that bond, like I know for myself, my experience as a child, uh, my mom loved us, but she was so busy working that we didn't get to bond with her. There was no... um, it, I don't know, it was just, you know, we could go to her, we knew we could go to her and stuff, but and we loved her, but there was no time together. And then I had a sister, or I have a sister as well, so, you know, she had to somehow, you know, back then I didn't understand, now I understand more so because I'm older, obviously, um, but she had to not only put that time towards me, but she had to do it to my sister and her husband as well, so plus her, uh-huh. and it's just, I think... To be honest, like for myself, it's, it's impossible. There's no way I could do that. There's absolutely yeah, almost, no way I could do that. You almost got to have Wonder Woman on your T-shirt, correct? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You almost, because I, I, um, I grew up with the same background. Uh, my grandparents, um, my, my grandmother was an at-home mom, and she, she mothered the kids, and 
my grandfather worked all the time. Then you fast forward, and my mother and father, they both were in the workforce. Like uh, it, when I was early in my younger years, my mother was an at-home mom, and she homeschooled us. So she did an excellent job to the point um, her first three skip, skip grades because of the time she invested in it. Um, but the economy got to a point where both of them had to start working. So she started working and being in there and doing it. And like you said, it didn't allow her to be present for her kids, emotionally connected and uh, just socially connected. And I, I missed that. I didn't have that growing up where, you know, she was that socially connected because she had a lot going on. She had to be a mother. She had to come home. Fast food wasn't the the main option growing up. You know, your average household cooked. And my yeah. mom cooked every night. Like, it was just like bonuses on holidays and stuff. And so now, like, me in 2018, I have made it an extra, like, conviction to even though, no matter what's on my plate, because I do counseling, I run the podcast, I also write on my free time. I'm, like, working on my third book. Unpublished, mm-hmm. but I'm still working on it because at some point I'm going get, to get away from the fear of publishing it. But yeah. uh, I, I do I do a lot. But then on, I think, how, what, whatever, our, I, how can I word this? Whatever our value system is, we'll make time for it. So if our value system is, okay, making money and producing it, we'll make time for that. If our value system is developing our kids both emotionally and mentally, we'll make time for it. And so... I make time no matter what. I could do 10 hours of working, and I will make an extra effort. I might go to bed and only have five hours of sleep, but I know my kids. Mm-hmm. I yeah. know them. So. Yeah, and that's. I think that's huge. And I think, you know, if, if we can't do that, then there's a bit of a guilt, you know, that might sit with us that we might not even know about. We might not even really... I think most of us would, especially as a mother, because you have that, you know, that that instinct and that bond with your kids. Even if you aren't with them all the time, you would still long for that, I would think, right? No, you're you're totally correct, because at 21, I reconciled with my mother. At 21, Mm -hmm. I reconciled with my mother because I had, like, resentment towards, like, I had everything from clothes to shoes to other creature comforts you can name, but I didn't have that relationship that I wanted. I wanted a hug. I wanted the the time talk, and she wasn't available to do that. And then I finally um, knew the concept of forgive and just forgiveness in general. And once I grasped that concept, I called her up, and we reconciled. And she said, these was her verb words, I'm sorry, because I had a lot going on and things yeah. that I could not discuss then. So yeah. I, I, I definitely say I've seen it on that side, you know. Um, yeah. When I go, when I went to, like a week ago, I went to my kid's parent-teacher conference because Austin, he's five, so he's in kindergarten. So I went to the parent-teacher conference. So mm-hmm. the teacher was only affirming what I already knew about my kid. And I think it was a little shocking for her because 
the average mother nowadays because they're working so much, they don't know their kids. And it's like, mm-hmm. really? Are you serious? More so, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I didn't know you knew. No, I'm, I'm yeah. well acquainted with both of their, because I got a boy and a girl. My, my girl is two, and my boy is five, and their personalities are both different. So mm-hmm. I have to yeah. know them so I can meet meet their love language, because they, they, by the age of five, they have a, a structured love language on how they, they view the world. And so when you learn that part of them, you be able to connect better, you know, individually. Mm-hmm. So... Um, it was nothing she could tell me that shocked me about my kid because I really, I spend time with him. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I know there's a lot of mothers out there and myself included, um, like I spend all day with the kids. And so uh, the reason I had started this whole podcast was because I realized that I'm out of 100%, I'm giving 8% of me time. Um, but at the same time, after I did my first podcast and I was talking to somebody about it, I thought, you know, it's funny how fast that changes because, you know, you do that for so long until they're old enough to kind of look after themselves and things change. And then eventually they're gone and they're starting their own lives. And then you have a hundred percent to yourself and you're like, now what do I do with myself? I think so it has to be just like the financial thing. I think there has to be a real balance um, where, like you said, with values, like maybe we need to sit down and decide where our values are because I find like a lot of moms that are working full time just to bring home a paycheck, they're not happy. You know, they're not because their values are so family you know maybe because they didn't have it maybe because that was the way their family was but they just can't so I think like to support people and to support women in really finding where their values are and being okay with that with making that choice to reflect your values right I agree yes I agree and and part of it part of that weighs on emotional management I, I I definitely will say that because you can have a person that's home all the time because I told you my mom was home the beginning part of our lives, and so she was an at-home mom, but she was boggled down with a lot of emotional management. She got young, she got married at a young age, so she got mm-hmm. married at twenty twenty-one. So her perspective on being a mother was totally different. She kind of she kind of learned how to be a mother by the time she got to the third kid. The first and the right. second was like trial and error, which I don't I don't think is I I think it's a factor across the boards. Your first your first child is trial and error. You can read so many books, but you really don't know how to be a mom until you're in the mom position. But yeah, I think yeah. that uh, hers was a little more uh, error because um, she got married and she had kids at such a young age, and she was kind of went. She had me uh, unscheduled when she was in college, uh-huh. so yeah. she dropped out of college, and then it was like it, it was like a, a shift that had to happen that was mandatory, and so she didn't she didn't have no desire in it. Whereas though me, I had. Uh, I had my first at 36, and mm-hmm. I had already completed college. I'm into my career. I'm doing things that I love. I'm traveling and everything like that. And so when I became a mom, I, w- I was a little more settled emotionally. So I think mm-hmm. 
And so in 2018, I think the reason why being a mother, both emotionally, mentally, physically, and financially, I think it weighs on an average mother because of a lack of emotional management. And the only reason mm-hmm. why I say this, this, this is the only reason why I say this. My father worked a full-time job and a part-time job, but he never stopped being a dad. So as soon as he came off of work every week, all five, because he yeah. established a foundation. And so now he looks at his later life and he's saying, like, we're all gone and we're all living our lives. But he laid such an impacting foundation when we was younger that we make it our business to still stay connected, if that makes sense. It, it totally does. And I think that's huge because... So many um, husbands, and I'm going to say wives too if if there's a stay-at-home dad, I think so many of the one that works predominantly, you know, they do their day at work and then, um, like from my own experience, my husband works and he commutes. So he gets an hour with the kids every night and when he gets home, it's like he doesn't do anything and I'm like, it frustrates me because for that very reason, because he's not interacting and he's not, um, you know, he's just not making that impact. And it's very important. He says, well, I'm just so tired when I get home. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't care how (laughs) tired you are. You have to take that time and you have to like treasure it and hold on to it. And, you know, and it's hard for me. Like I said, I have two kids. Well, I have four kids and my older two have moved out. They're uh, 21 and 19. So they're grown up. And so I know how fast this time goes. And I'm like, you just have to, you have to. And he's like, well, I'm just so tired. And I'm like, you don't want to talk about tired with me. <laughs> I know. And, I, and, 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 and there's two things that happens during that. They assume because you're the at-home mom that you don't have, this, it, this is not a job. But little do they know, like, you, you are waking the child up. You're preparing them for breakfast. You're engaging with them throughout the day. You're, you're having activities, learning activities versus both and social activities throughout the day. You're cleaning. You're doing the laundry. You're preparing for lunch and dinner throughout the day. And so yeah, yeah. That, that's a major job. And then the second yeah. thing is, the other thing is going on is I think, it's, it's like you said in the beginning when we first started talking, uh, how, you, how you was raised definitely lays a, a significant impact on how you take on these roles. Because my father, the reason why his conviction was so strong, regardless of the hours that he put in, you're talking about 60 to 80 hours a week, the, regardless of the hours he put in, he made it a conviction to be a dad when he got off regardless how tired he was, because he grew up in a household where his dad was an alcoholic and he didn't have that relationship. And so he didn't have that relationship with his biological father. So he said he made in his mind at a young age, because remember, Mm -hmm. she got married, my mom got married at 21. That means he got married at 23. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're two years apart. So. He just made a conviction, like, because he said, I, I will not give my kids the experience that I gave. Yeah. And that, that, was and I, that I was given. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, the exact same thing. And, you know, I, and I, I wonder with my husband because he's kind of the opposite um, because he's one of eight kids. So he, there's lots of kids in his family. So I'm assuming he didn't get the attention that a normal, like, you know, when there's eight, there, it's got to be hard to get attention. <laughs> but maybe that's right. why he does it is because that's kind of what, what he learned. His dad worked all the time to support eight kids. <laughs> and that was his yeah. job. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Well, I yeah. mean, and, and that, uh, knowing that part, and I, I, I think as mothers and fathers, we have to, dwell with each other and understand it in order for mm-hmm. to make our roles a little easier. So knowing yeah. that part, maybe his time with the kids can convert to just the weekends and literally mm-hmm. he just dives in during the weekends and his days off. Because I have a girlfriend, her um, husband's a financial advisor, so mm-hmm. he does extensive hours. But mm-hmm. on the weekends, the kids are dedicated to him. So yeah. she doesn't... She doesn't spend time with the kids at all. They just they had he has a whole grid mapped out of all the things that they're going to do on the weekend. Because yeah. he know and on a weekday he just can't do yeah. it. Yeah, that's kind of how my husband is too. It's he, they do a lot together on the weekend, and I'm free to. I actually even let him cook on the weekends. I'm like, hey, if you're gonna do it, you can do it all. <laughs> right, just, right, right. I'm just here to spectate. <laughs> and that's all right because you need a break too. You need a break, yeah. too. Yeah. Well, I think that's just it, is there's so many mothers out there that, you know, when you're stuck with the kids all day, and I shouldn't say it like it's a negative thing, but, you know, day in and day out, it does get monotonous, and it, you know, it wears on a person, especially when you have, you know, like you have a two-year-old and a five-year-old, so you know what those, some of those days can be like. It's like if one's not grumpy, the other one is, and it's, you know, it's just one of those days, like there's days that I don't even get out of my pajamas because I'm just, the day's already ended, and I'm like, we just woke up. <laughs> <What> <laughs> you know, and, and so I think, you know, not to get stuck in that and not to know, you know, not to feel so alone because it could be very, um, isolating, I think for me anyway, it's been, there's been times where I have to reach out and I have to be like, Oh, there's, there's a bigger world out there than just me and my kids at home all day. <laughs> oh, that's very true. That's very true. And I, I can honestly say, even for myself, sometimes their father has to step in and I, I cause I, I don't, I don't have it all the time. Like you said, like, Nobody has those superpowers. We would like to be the superwoman and the wonder Mm -hmm. woman, but nobody has those superpowers consistently. And dad has to step in, you know, because sometimes you really meet your mark where you don't have it to give. And dad has to step in, you know, and deal with, like, say, sometimes I stay up a little later than everybody because I'm prepping for the next day. So in the morning... When it comes to certain attitudes, I need him to step in and help them emotionally manage their attitudes so we can run smooth to breakfast and get ready for school. Like, I don't have yeah. it sometimes. And yeah. I think well, that... Go do you ahead. Think it's hard for, do you think it's hard for women to ask their husbands for help when they need it? Is it hard for you? Like, I know for myself, I don't find that it's hard, but I just don't think about it. It's like I'm so stressed out about certain things, but I don't think about asking for help. But I find some women just, they're like, you should just know that I need help. (laughs) 
I've heard that lots of times. He should just know. And I'm like, well, maybe not if you don't ask, right? Yeah. Uh, so, okay. When I think about that, it, it's even, it goes on a larger scale. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because our love languages and the way we communicate man versus female is different, you know. Yeah. And so the average woman, when she steps into a relationship, she already naturally assumes after a certain period, he should just know. He right. should just know. And so then when you become mother and father, you take on that extra label in a relationship. So, and, and, and you never let go of that habit of he should just know. And so right. you got to catch yourself not just in, like, the parental care, but also also in the relationship care. Because if you vocalize it in the relationship realm, it becomes a natural habit to vocalize it in the parental realm. So you're right. naturally saying, okay, I feel this way or I think this way or I need help in this way. But it starts in the relationship realm first. And that, right. that kind of takes, I think that takes down the guard, too, because men don't like to feel attacked. They don't like to feel bombarded with what you should be doing, that type of attitude, if you know what I mean. So you have to to build that relationally and and, and, uh, state your requests and give understanding and clarity in the relationship realm. So when it comes in the parental realm, he's number one groomed to receive your wording. So he already mm-hmm. knows this is how my wife is. So, okay, um, I'm I'm anticipating her to give me some cue cards or some extra instruction, you know, because this is the lens that I view life in, and mm-hmm. that goes on both realms. Though that goes yeah. on both realms because he can have the kids all day, and he just think when he get home, like you gonna have dinner ready, and you be looking like um, this is your day. <laughs> you said if you can put it in that way because men that would make a man feel needed and it would make him feel like he's doing something for you that would uh, that you would appreciate which men want to be appreciated it's you know it's kind of like the same things we want from them right (laughs) you know like I find relationships are funny because we want a certain thing but sometimes we're not willing to give that certain thing in return or to start with you know no, I totally agree because we selfish. It, it, yeah. In the human it's heart, nice. to be yeah. selfish, it's like yeah. it's just in us, like me, mine, and mine. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you like he's just requesting it just as much as you. But I think yeah. with men, the reason why the intensity for appreciation is way more higher is because nobody grooms them to manage their emotions. 
They they groom right. them to manage their anger, their frustration, and know how to roll with the punches. But when it comes to like hurt and sadness and you know consideration, yeah. they're the average guy is not groomed in that area. So yeah, I, I I totally agree, and I can tell you I have two boys. My little ones are both boys, and I am grooming them. <laughs> Mm, like, it is beautiful. okay to feel sad. You need to tell mommy what is what's making you feel sad. You know, it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. And, yeah. and my husband is very old school and he's like, Oh, quit being a baby. Why do you gotta cry like a baby? I'm like, don't ever the last time he said that, I'm like, Don't ever say that to him and, and I do that in front of them because I want them to know that it's okay to have a feeling it's okay and I don't care if it seems undermining but it, to me that's it's worth it to me you know what I mean like that's a huge well, thing I, especially being boys well I'll insert because um my dad taught me how to manage my emotions way that way more than my mom because I told you mm-hmm. the background of my mom and mm-hmm. I think I'm 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 50% your, your husband like your husband and 50% like you um, because I believe sadness should be vocalized. Like if Austin is in a corner and he looks a little dismayed and his head is down and everything like that, and I'm asking him, well, what's wrong? I expect him to vocalize. I anticipate yeah. it. And I, I'll sit there until he gets the words together to say what is going on. But then yeah. I'm also on your your husband's side because I don't want him extensively crying about everything. And so yeah, I give yeah. them that emotional management and say, okay, yeah. you shouldn't be crying about everything. If something hurts, yeah. it hurts. If something yeah, is exactly. deeply saddening you, you should cry. But you shouldn't walk around whining like a baby. I do That's say that. Right. I can't. I am yeah. guilty of it. Like I yeah. say, you know, yeah. you, you shouldn't whine, you know. And his dad steps in. And, you know, he's a little more sterner, you know. So yeah. I want him to also identify with that, that the way a man responds to things. So it's like, yeah. okay, yeah. at some point I just sit back and let his dad play that part. But when it comes to me, I'm, I'm a little bit of both you, you and your husband. I'll be like, all right, yeah. vocalize. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want to see no tears. I don't yeah. <laughs> And I, I agree, too. I think I'm kind of the same because I, if it's over something silly, then it's like, no. <laughs> you know, right, you're not, right. You're not going to sit and scream because my five-year-old is pretty bad if he gets a toy and it breaks or something after. He likes to buy the dollar store toys, but the dollar store toys don't last very well, which is fine because they're cheap. But at the same time, it's like, ah, you know, it's going to break. And so he cries every time. <laughs> And so that moment, I would be like, okay, listen, <laughs> you know, right, I understand right. that you're sad and I understand that you didn't want it to break, but you don't need to cry about it. Because if you do, I'm not buying you any more toys. <laughs> right? No, that's yeah, me. That's me 100%. Yeah. yeah. That's me 100%. He did not want to. I think that's huge. No, that's very huge. Because last yeah. night, Austin didn't want to go to sleep on top. So well, you know what happened this morning when it came to getting up for school. He didn't want to get up. Mm-hmm. So course, he's yeah. like all groggy, about to break down crying. I said, get it together. Tighten yeah. up. Tighten <laughs> you up. Made your con- <laughs> yep, you made your choice. Yep, you made your choice. I constantly vocalized. I said, these are the consequences when you don't go to bed on time. And yeah. he said, I don't feel like it. And I, I tell him, I said, you know what? That, that, that's a normal feeling. 
but 80% of the time in life, you're not going to feel like doing something, but you get it done. That's right. That's right. And uh, <laughs> I tell them I you don't know, feel like getting up right now. <laughs> yeah. Do you know my um, my my youngest daughter, she's 19 now, but when she was in school, um, she was whining about in school about something not being fair. And this girl says to her, you know what? Life's not fair, so get used to it. And she came home to me just crying. She's like, Mom, this girl told me she got mad. And she said, Life's not fair. Get used to it. <laughs> and she was just heartbroken. And I said, Well, I said, It is kind of true. <laughs> Nothing is perfect, and life is never uh-huh. fair. So. I said, you might just want to get used to it now. And I'm like, hey, you're young learning this. Some people wait till they're like 40 before they learn that lesson. <laughs> that's, that's what I was about to say. I, I salute you because, you know, some 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 parents would come home and hear that and be like, let's go back and you tell her this and da 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 And it's yeah. like, hold up, hold up now. Like, was it any truth to what she said? Yeah. Yeah, Did you like it when you heard it? Did you like it when you heard it? You probably did, but that don't mean it took away from it it, the the valid point of it being truthful. No, life is not fair. (laughs) um, So there you have it. That was uh, Ivory Naomi, and we were just chatting about the truth about motherhood and some of the some of the obstacles and some of the great things and just a little bit of everything. So I hope you enjoyed and keep watching and and looking out for more episodes of just random candid talking about the truth about motherhood, the good things, the bad things, the good, bad, and the ugly, we should say. Uh, And this will be part of the 8% of me, or for me, I should say, um, series. So again, if you are a mother and you'd love to chat with me and just have a conversation and share that with our listeners, um, please don't hesitate to email me, info at rawrelationships.net, and we can uh, book a time and let's get together and let's help support each other. With that being said, I'm going to say peace out for now and we'll see you again soon.